Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. Today I'm sharing some of the books I'll be reading over the spring, but first I have a quick announcement. I am going to be taking a short break during the month of May in order to work on some administrative things for the podcast, some things that I've put on the back burner for a little too long, and it's time that I catch up with that. One of the things is I will be working on finally getting a website up. I also have a summer series I'm going to be working on, and it's going to require quite a bit of research. So I need to take that time in order to get the research I need done for that project, as well as getting some of these administrative things tackled finally. So as of now, I am planning to take all of May off. If I, for some reason, get ahead of schedule and am able to come back sooner, I definitely will. So I may even just pop in once in a while with a very quick episode. So as of now, the plan is to take May off, but keep an eye out, and I may be able to get an episode out in the meantime, hopefully. My hope is to do that. But before I take this short break, I want to leave you with some books that will be in my personal reading rotation over this Easter season. And please pardon any noise (laughs) that you hear. My my sweet little girl is supposed to be taking a nap and she is fighting it so hard. And school is out for the year. So this is one of the times that I have to record right now. So I'm going to start off with a couple of children's books, actually. One's a picture book and one is a children's classic. The picture book is Miracles of Jesus by Tommy DiPaolo. And I just got this for my daughter's Easter basket. I first found out about it because this was a book that was on the bookshelf at my daughter's school. And they're very short stories of the different miracles of Jesus throughout the Gospels. So I'm planning to take some time and read that with my daughter over this season. And we've already started with the wedding at Cana yesterday. And I'm hoping to sit down at some point today and read the second one with her. But it's a delightful little book. It's very short. It could be read in one sitting. I'm choosing to break it up just to have a little devotion-like portion of our day together. The pictures are lovely. They are done in Tommy DiPolo's very signature style. And I'm very excited about it. It was reasonably priced. You can find a paperback copy of it. So I would suggest that if you have young children in your life and you're looking for a short devotion book that you can read together. It's a very sweet, very well done book. The children's classic that I will probably on and off be picking up throughout this season is Heidi by Johanna Spiri. Now, I tried to read this a couple of years ago with my best friend, and our plan was we were going to read it over the summer and we were going to discuss it. She finished it. I did not. At the time, I just couldn't get into it, and I don't know if it was that I was busy working on the podcast or what it was, but lately, I have been playing it at night for my daughter 
we allow her to play a little bit of an audio book before bed. Sometimes when we're rocking her, we'll listen to it with her. And Heidi is one of the books in the rotation. She has quite a few others, but that's one of the ones that she, she'll ask for. And, and I didn't really appreciate it until I started listening to the audible version of it. And it is narrated by Gemma Whelan. And she does such a fantastic job breathing life into this classic story. And I've only been able to listen to bits and pieces as I've been rocking my daughter. But the first time I listened to it, it was the first chapter and it just pulled me in immediately. And I kept rocking my daughter longer than I intended to because I wanted to hear the next chapter. I finished the first chapter and I wanted to hear the next chapter just because it pulled me in so well. So I haven't been able to listen to it all the way through, but the bits and pieces that I have been able to hear as I've been rocking her at night on and off, my husband and I take turns, have just been so dear. And I believe that there are some very beautiful gospel messages throughout the story that I didn't see before. And they're pretty blatant. I just didn't get far enough into the book to, to read them. But it sounds just like it's going to be a very, very sweet book and a very beautiful book on redemption. So I'm hoping to maybe listen to it myself as I'm going on morning walks with our dog, or I may just start listening to it before I go to bed myself. But if you haven't ever given that book a chance, I would recommend it. I'm going to be doing the same, but absolutely try it on audio because I think it is one of those books that translates well being read aloud. And especially if you think of it, it's a children's book. And so children's books do have to be suited to being read aloud. And this one seems to come alive and be at its best on audio. So that's my little plug for that book. And I will, when I come back, let you know if I finished it and what my final thoughts were on it. And if you, of course, read it or listen to it, I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Another book that I will be reading personally is Henrietta's House by Elizabeth Gooch. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know my undying love for Elizabeth Gooch. And this is one of her middle grade books. And it is a sequel, I think, of sorts to her book, City of Bells, which I have read a number of years ago. It's been republished by Girls Gone By Publishing. It's a little pricey. It's a little hard to track down. It has to come from the UK, but it's worth it. It is so far. I'm not very far into it. It was a Christmas gift from my best friend, and it took a while to get here, so I, I just had a chance to sit down with it and start reading it. But it is characteristic Elizabeth Gooch, which her books are so delightful, and they bring such beauty and encouragement into my life. So I am relishing taking the time reading that book as well. It is a story about a little girl named Henrietta who is, I believe, 10 at the time of the story. And it's probably either the end of the 19th century, possibly beginning of the 20th century. I'm not very far into it, so I don't know much of what will happen. But in my experience, you just never can go wrong with an Elizabeth Googe novel. And I 
will usually read one of her books without having to read a summary or know exactly what it's about because her writing is just so life-giving and, as I've said, just beautiful and delightful. So if you need something gentle, something happy without becoming trite or saccharine, if you just need a book that's going to lift you up and encourage you, always pick up an Elizabeth Gooch. You can never go wrong with one of her books. So I'm, again, very excited because it is one that I have not read and one I have wanted to have for such a long time. So as well as Henrietta's House, I am also hoping to read the first book in the Olive Audenson series by Sigrid Unset. And this is another one of her novels set in medieval Norway, and it's about a hundred years before Kristen Lovren's daughter. But if you've listened to the Kristen Lovren's daughter episodes, you know how very much I have come to admire and love the writing of Sigrid Unset. And I still can't stop thinking about or talking about Kristen Lovren's daughter. I love that series so much. So I'm very excited about the Olaf Audenson series. And the first book is called Vows. That's the translation I'm reading. Again, it's a Tina Nunnally translation, which is a newer translation. And she's only been able to translate the first and the second book in the series, I believe. And a third one is set for release in October which I will, of course, be pre-ordering because it is my goal to read all of Sigurd Unset's historical novels now. I'm just so captivated by them. I know very little about this story, but again, it's like an Elizabeth Gooch. I'm just going to go in sight unseen. I, I don't care. I know that I will love it. And from what I was reading, this was a story that Sigurd Unset carried with her for decades before she sat down to write it. And I believe from the introduction, it sounded like she had an early draft of it. And that may have been the novel that was rejected by a publisher when he told her that she should write more modern novels. And as I mentioned, this is the new translation by Tina Nunnally. And the earlier translation has a different title. And Tina Nunnally said that she was trying to be closer to the titles as they were in the original Norwegian. But I wanted to share a very quick quote that is in the introduction of Vows. So Tina Nunnally is describing Sigrid Unset's ability to draw the reader in to medieval times through her writing. So as she's talking about Sigrid Unset's ability to capture this time period and her beautiful descriptions of Norwegian life in the medieval era. She shares this quote from Sigurd Unset talking about writing historical fiction. Sigurd Unset says, The whole time you see, the reader should know where he is, how the land looked, as well as the houses and the people and the animals and the clothing and the weapons and saddlery. And you should quite naturally and easily Enter into the life. See and understand why these people are this way, how they feel and why they behave as they do. And all of this without pedantic lectures about the era and the spirit of the times and all that muck that can make a story so inartistic because it's historical. 
No grand gestures, fancy words, or romantic events. It should be written in such a way that whatever might seem romantic to us, murder, violence, scenes, etc., becomes ordinary and alive. So that's the quote from Sacred Unset, which I think just perfectly captures what she was able to do with her writing, how she was able to draw the reader in. She just does it so beautifully, and she is just such a master, and I have the utmost admiration for her work. So I am very excited to be digging in to a new series. I want to say that somewhere, perhaps in a biography that I read, that this was, that she loved this even more than Kristen Lovren's daughter, but I'm not sure. So I'll have to go back, look through the biography and see if I just am imagining that or if it was actually in the book. So once I come back from the break, I will let you know. I also have a few books that I will be reading as part of book clubs or books I'm reading along with friends. So one of those is Till We Have Faces, which I'm very excited about this because it has been close to 20 years since I have read this book. And I didn't have the greatest impression of it the first time. Didn't really love it. I didn't hate it, but I don't, I didn't get it. I, it was hard for me to to understand for some reason. It was hard for me to, I think, like the main character. And that put me off a little bit. So I'm very interested to see how I like the book the second time around. But this is a book by C.S. Lewis. It's a book I'm reading in my book club, one of my book clubs in May and June. We meet once a month. So we're breaking this book up into two halves and reading one part for each month. It's the retelling of the Cupid and Psyche story from Psyche's sister's perspective, I believe. And I read on someone's Instagram lately that I follow, they had just finished reading it and they were talking about how it corresponded very well with his books, The Four Loves, how this story went through the different loves that C.S. Lewis discusses. So I'm very interested in that and that really piqued my interest. So I want to maybe, maybe go back because it's been a while since I read The Four Loves as well. So maybe I will read both of those together, but I will see. I may not be able to get both of them read at the same time with everything else I have on my plate, but it may just be a book I reference as I'm reading Till We Have Faces. But like I said, I'm very excited to read that one and give it another chance. I have learned so much in the past couple of years how important it is to give a book a second chance. A caveat is if I hated a book, I'm usually not going to go back and revisit it. But if it stayed with me and made an impression and I didn't know how I felt about it, a lot of times I'll go back and I will realize that I have matured or I've had different life experiences that help me to understand the book better. So that's uh, a little caveat, but I, I have changed my opinion about some books over the years. So that's a little encouragement if you have found yourself in a similar situation. Another book I am currently reading with a friend is Lilith, and I'm reading this book with my friend Sophie Burkhart, who is the host of Beneath the Willow Tree podcast. Sophie is just amazing, and I love picking her brain about literature. I've had her on the podcast a couple of times, once to talk about The Little Prince and another time 
to talk about our love of mystery stories. So Sophie is one of my friends that I have over very regularly for tea, and I always have the most delightful time talking with her about books and theology. She is just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. So this is my first reading of Lilith, and it's Sophie's third, so she has had much more time to process the story. And it's been fun for us to compare notes because I still don't know what to think about the story yet. But we're we're not very far into it. They're very short chapters. So we we try to read about five chapters a week. Yeah, like I said, it's very different than I expected. And I'm just so surprised how ahead of its time it feels. But it is a very interesting premise. It is very otherworldly and very much pulls you in, and it's also very hard to describe. So this is by George MacDonald, and I don't really have a summary for it right now. I want to wait until I finish the book, especially since I'm not very far into it, but it is well worth reading, and it's a great book for discussion with a friend. So if you know someone who shares a love of reading, this would be a great book to discuss So we've been meeting weekly for this book, and we just sit down with our cup of tea in the evening and get to talk about books. It is absolutely delightful. So put that on your list if you have not read it before. And then the last two books that I will be reading this season is The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer. And that actually is another book I will be reading with some friends. And I've had it on my shelf for a while. My dear Aunt Betty Ann gave it to me shortly after I got married, but I am just now getting to sit down and read it. I was at Libri Fellowships in the early 2000s, and that was a study center started by Edith Schaefer and her husband. And it was the most wonderful experience for me. And it is just a very monumental time in my life. It was very life changing. So now, that I am in the throes of motherhood and digging into homemaking. I am loving this book. I'm a few chapters in, and it's different than I thought. It is very much about creativity and bringing creativity into the home. It is a lovely book. I highly recommend it to everyone. I'm, like I said, I'm not very far in, but it has just been so encouraging. It's been like balm to read this book. So again, that's The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer. Finally, I am hoping to get a copy of After Prayer by Malcolm Geit. It's a book of poetry that is based off of George Herbert's poem, Prayer, which is a beautiful poem. But the book club that I'm reading, Till We Have Faces In, we incorporate poetry in to our book club. It's a homeschooling mom book club. And we read a homeschooling book and a fiction and poetry. So I'm hoping for the next year that I can plug this book to be included in our rotation for the upcoming year. So I'm going to try to get a copy of that and do my best to sell it to the ladies in my book club, along with George Herbert's poetry, which is beautiful and I believe I've mentioned before that poetry, it's a great way to slow down if you're in a very busy season and if you need a minute. I have found great 
rest in picking up a book of poetry and maybe just reading one poem a day. I don't always remember to do it, but it has been wonderful in the past. And I have loved Malcolm Geith's poetry that I've read. I've used his Advent book and his Lent book, and they're phenomenal. And love George Herbert's poetry as well. And I'm not an expert in poetry by any means. And some of it still goes so over my head, but it is a great way, as I said, to calm yourself down and to force yourself to be still if you have been very, very busy or just can't seem to pull yourself into rest. I would suggest picking up a book of poetry and allowing that to slow you down again. And lastly, I may have said that many times throughout this episode, but lastly, I will, of course, be doing the research for my upcoming series for the summer. I'm going to stay mum on who the author is and which of their work I will be covering, but I'm very excited about it. It is an author that I have admired for years, and they're not always the easiest for people to read, but I very much believe they should be in our canon and on our bookshelves. So this sounds like a lot, and I have no intentions of just plowing through and reading all of these books throughout May, but I'm just planning to have them in rotation by my bedside during this short break as I really dig into trying to get some much neglected work done for the podcast so I can come back fresh with great content for all of you. Well, I hope this inspires you to read a few of these books yourself. And if you have any book recommendations for me, I would love to hear about them. I cannot tell you how much I love getting book recommendations. As much as I love giving them, I love getting them even more. So if you have a book recommendation for me, please share it. You can find me at a well-read Beth on Instagram, or you can also join the A Well-Read Life Facebook group. I'm not very active on social media, but I definitely will check. And if I see messages, I'll respond or comments. So just because I'm not on there a ton doesn't mean that I won't get those messages and those book recommendations. So please send them my way. I would love to hear them. Well, that is all for now. I will be back at the end of May, possibly definitely the first week in June. And again, if I get this work done before then, I will be back even sooner. So have a wonderful rest of spring. And I hope you enjoy reading some of these titles or the books that you have in line for your spring reading. So happy reading and until next time.